Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Catholic Stuff You Should Know here with Nathan Goble. We had a little break in our uh, normal Wednesday podcasting, and uh, I am here to apologize to all of our audience for... uh, Nathan Goble, and this is Father John, now Acolyte Nathan. That's right. So you are an acolyte. Last night, Nathan went through the, uh, what do we call it, secret process that makes him... No, it wasn't secretive at all. I was yeah. trying, to, trying to make it sound more like a cult, but I'm not really... Yeah, all the parents were there, and it was in the paper, so... Yeah, so uh, Nathan is now an acolyte. He's going to be a deacon in six months, along with another guy named Joe Doman, who you may or may not uh, have heard about. Remember. Remember him from last week, the annulments. Uh, this is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is a podcast uh, regarding... All things Catholic, some things intelligible, and uh, well, we just don't even know. We come down here. It's a uh, about three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon, four twenty-two actually in Boulder, Boulder Colorado. Colorado. So incense are being offered at this moment in this uh, city, and uh, I've got confessions in forty minutes, and I'm already fading. So hopefully this can be very stimulating because I'm going into my evening mara- evening marathon. Of confessions and masses, we have a nine p.m., six p.m. and nine p.m. mass here in Boulder. It's a Sunday afternoon today. That's where they offer incense in the high places. That's right. So here we go. You're an all- we're we're going to try and make this a podcast that you can listen to on the way to the library, which is usually only like four blocks away. So um, quick, easy, in and out. Navy seals like bam, bam. Um, Father John, you know, broke the news that I have been made an acolyte. An acolyte. Uh, is not one of the uh, present-day, what we would call, minor orders. Uh, so, John, pop quiz. What are the four minor orders? We uh, just, to, just to preface this, at our seminary and at other seminaries, especially at Mundelein Seminary, I wish that some of those guys would listen. You know, maybe they would learn something. Uh, Seriously, come on. Yeah, I mean, click off a word on fire uh, <laughs> for like five minutes and log on to Catholic stuff. But... Uh, um, the uh, at their seminary they have four steps leading up to the main sanctuary level, okay. And the four steps, as at our seminary, represent the four minor orders up to leading up to the the major orders, um, or the sacred orders. Um, and so, can you name the uh, all seven? Let's see if you can do it. Well, the original O, the original, no longer, oh, but it, back in the day, okay. Tridentine times. Okay, candidacy candidate. <clears throat> That's not one of them? That's not one of them. It might be attached to one of them. Okay. I, I might be saying you're wrong. Porter. Porter. Lector. Lector. Acolyte. Acolyte. Subdeacon. Wrong. That's a, that used to be part of the, the higher orders. All right. Uh, Lector, Acolyte, uh, Exorcist. Exorcist. Exorcist, and uh, what was the other one you said? Porter. Porter. Porter was attached to uh, a tonsure. Tonsure was when you received the, you know, the you know cutting of your hair. Um, so this so, is back in the day. This is way back when, way back in the day, you had you had seven orders, four of them minor orders, and uh, three of them being uh, holy orders, and those would be subdeacon, deacon. Uh, deacon, and priest. And then if you look at our seminary, you have three steps leading up to the high altar, uh, where they used to celebrate the the holy mass on the high altar, ad orientum, and uh, it was only the subdeacon, the deacon, and the priest that were allowed up on those steps. So okay, let's just say hypothetically, I'm listening to this and I'm saying, what in the hell are you talking about? Orders, minor orders, major orders. I know there's priests and deacons, but did Jesus establish this? 
is this? Where does this come from? Right. How do we just get rid of these things? Right. These are all the questions. So, so I think the important thing to re- to realize is the only two we no longer have minor orders. We only have holy orders, which are deacon, priest, and bishop. Those are the three rankings, and those are the ones that are that are instituted uh, scripturally and specifically by Christ and the apostles after Christ. And you can read the Acts of the Apostles to see the the um, fulfillment of that, you know, threefold ministry. Got it. Um, so, so we're saying the vision. three the three orders. When we say the sacrament of holy orders, yes, the three ranks within holy yes. orders: deacon, priest, and bishop, which used to be called the major orders or you know, holy orders, holy because orders. because these these orders, acolyte, lector, uh, porter, and exorcist, were not considered part of the. Uh, uh, part of the holy orders they were they were established by the church, but never like you know um, scripturally or something. So, so as of last night, you became an acolyte. Yes, and so some of the minor orders are still around, but they're not called minor orders. They are no longer called minor orders. They are called ministries. Ministries. To that effect, we go to <laughs> Canon ten thirty five. Just reach over to your bedside and pull out your Canon Law. <laughs> Which I'm sure if any of you have trouble sleeping, instead of taking your second ambium, ambient of the night, why don't you uh, try Canon 1035, paragraph 1. Before anyone is promoted to the permanent or transitional diaconate, he is required to have received the ministries of lector and acolyte and to have exercised them for a suitable period of time. Canon 1035.2. There is to be an interval of at least six months between the conferral of the ministry of acolyte and the diaconate. Now, quick. Ooh. Do your math. Today is September 29th, or yesterday was September 29th. I'm being ordained March 16th. Ooh. Ooh. I think I think that's less than six months. But uh, on a different podcast, we'll talk about dispensations, uh, and the church has the ability to give relaxations of the law to her uh, faithful for the benefit of them for their greater health and well-being, and probably they will just, you know, dispense us from the six-month requirement. So... These are now called ministries, uh, lector, and acolyte. But we're gonna we're just gonna talk about uh, minor orders uh, in the in the pre-Vatican II age, Tridentine times, uh, even dating all the way back to the 600s. You have mention of uh, acolytes and lectors back when the world was black and white. Back in the world when it was black and white, and you know who knows what. So uh, minor orders. This is a quote from. Uh, New Advent Encyclopedia, Catholic Encyclopedia. That's our Catholic form of Wikipedia. Yeah, it's pretty much. Uh, Lectors received a simple benediction. Acolytes were created by handing them the linen bag in which they carried the Eucharist. Subdeacons by the reception of the chalice. We do not know how even in Rome the porters and exorcists were ordained in former times. So, just for your edification, this is what happens when you are called to the ministry of lector and acolyte. John, Father John went through this. Any deacon or priest um, has gone through these things. So you're sitting there in the front rows, um, and then they say, for all, all those who are called to the ministry of the, to receive the ministry of lector, please come forward. And then they call you by name. Well, that sounds familiar because it also happens at priesthood right. and at diaconate. Right. That's how you know that you're called to those orders when the church, through her ministers, actually calls you. There's a vocation. There's a there's a calling forward of you to the to the front of the church to receive this ministry, and it's never for yourself. 
It's always for the edification of the people of God because you dispense, you exercise your ministry in behalf of the people. So um, what exactly what exactly happens next? Well, the lectors are called up by name. Then the, the bishop gives them a brief instruction on what exactly they're called to do. So you have to know what exactly am I doing as a lector in order to, you know, do this properly. There's an instruction on that. We don't really have time to go into that. But if you, you know, call up your local liturgy office, Deacon Chuck Parker, he can, you know, fax you a copy of what exactly are lectors and acolytes supposed to do. And, uh, and then, you know, he instructs you and then you step forward and receive the, uh, or no, then he says a prayer. Then he says a prayer, let us pray, which I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating here because somebody asked, when do you actually think you became an acolyte? When do you actually think you become a lector? Well, in holy orders, uh, the bishop lays his hands on you, um, but it's not until exactly when the prayer of consecration, right? So you got to, we are always debating about that. Who got ordained first, but we all got ordained at the same time, right? Because of the prayer after the laying out of hands, right? So, so every person received the laying on of hands at different moments. It's not like he's an octopus or something and he can get all, you know, like eight guys at the same time. So, uh, so everybody has their own, but then there's a prayer. And so they ask the Lord to, you know, confer on them, you know, this ministry that they might exercise it well and conform their life to the reading of the gospel or to the sacrifice of the mass if you're an acolyte. And then he hands you over, which it's interesting. He hands you over the, uh, accoutrement, your, uh, you know, your objects of, you know, your ministry. So, um, so for a lector, he hands you a book of the book, of the gospels, a Bible and says, receive this book of Holy scriptures for the acolytes. Um, uh, they receive uh, a chalice prepared, which is interesting because it's the same thing that happens in, um, deacon and priest. Now, quick, quick, uh, little, I got a tie ball. A little right. sidebar. Tie ball. Sorry. I know we're trying to do this in oh, four yeah. minutes. Well but, done. Um, okay. So, Yes. There are two modes by which Jesus is transmitted through history in the church. And those modes are scripture and the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And so basically what we're talking about here is that for the man who becomes Christ as a priest, he is initiated into the modes, so to speak, by which Christ is transmitted throughout all of history. And he does that in stages. And that first stage is lector. He receives the gospel, the book, literally the scriptures, and he's commissioned by the church in a specific ministry to proclaim Christ and to preach in the liter- in a liturgical form as an ordinary minister, but in his whole life. And then, secondly, after that, it's the same with the the, the uh, Eucharist in that he receives the chalice and the patent from the bishop, and he says, in a formal way, I commission you to, in an ordinary way, participate in the liturgy, but also to make your whole life. So you become completely immersed in the scriptures and in the Eucharist as stages to becoming the person of Christ, because those are the two modes by which Christ is transmitted throughout all of history in the church. Go ahead and continue. Yes. No, that's great, because even even if you look at it, too, they're not the ones that are effecting the word of God or the word of, or the, the bread of life, the, you know, the Eucharist. They're only assisting with that. So they are extraordinary extraordinary ministers of the Holy Word, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. But in the, you know, lector and acolyte, they're not, they're not ordinary, ordinary ministers. Right. And acolytes technically, I think, are extraordinary, ordinary ministers. Like they, they're the ones that are, that it is proper to them 
to distribute Holy Communion. But if there is a priest or a deacon present, right. they take precedence. Right. Even though, even though it's like, wait, that's my duty or something. So you know, maybe those of you who are out there who are EMHCs or lectors at Mass and say, well, hang on a second, I never received anything like that. You are extraordinary ministers. Not just, and you are special, but you are extraordinary as opposed to the ordinary ministers. Nathan is special now in an ordinary way. You're special in an extraordinary way. Yes. It is confusing, though, because when, like, you come to Mass and Father John's up there, and then it's, you know, the, we start signing peace ends, and then, like, 50 women come up on the altar. I hate to just, mm-hmm. you know, say it, but, you know, women are always volunteering for these positions, and they're all handing out the Eucharist. And you're saying, what's the difference? Yeah. But we have to understand that. We're living in kind of a crazy time where the district we have these gigantic parishes and this huge need to get out the ministry. So the extraordinary ministry has become huge, and you still have to be mandated to do that. But the church, in her way of bringing men up to orders, has them become ordinary ministers in a specific way. So it's it's proper to their life now, yeah. to yours in a way that it's not. Yeah. So just to kind of flesh that out even more so, um, and this is how we transmit our Jewish roots, our Semitic roots into the to the church because we are uh, descendants of Abraham as well. Uh, in explaining uh, readers, lectors, it says, the primary reason for a special class of readers, lectors, was the need of some persons sufficiently ed- educated to be able to read the books in church. For the Christians continued the Jewish practice of reading the sacred books publicly. It used to be that in order to read the Torah, you had to be initiated at the synagogue so you weren't just you weren't just like you know hey who wants to read today I I want to read today which gives new light you know you know sheds new light on the passage where Jesus comes into the synagogue yeah and, and they they you know it's his turn to read and he's handed a scroll and and finds the passage from Isaiah so um, these are these are men who um, and as the canon said they should they should stay in this ministry for a suitable time so that they can be conformed to the Word of God. Because pretty soon they're going to be they're going to be teaching and preaching as ordinary ministers of the word of God through their teaching and preaching at the homily. Um, so, anyways, um, and so uh, in the sixth century, it said this about uh, lectors: "Quote: When a reader is ordained, well, yeah, I mean, just pause on that blah, one. Blah, blah. When a reader, <laughs> I should have a beep button just to kind of beep that out. When a reader is ordained, so he's in minor orders, not holy orders. When a reader is ordained, let the bishop speak about him to the people, pointing out his faith and life and skill. After this, while the people look on, let him give him the book from which he is to read, saying to him, receive this and be the spokesman of the word of God. And you shall have, if you do your work faithfully and usefully, a part with those who have administered the word of God. So, I mean, this is this really is an honor and a privilege. Um, at our seminary, we only allow our lectors to read at Mass, um, and which is kind of nice because it's a privilege and, and it's, it's proper to their ministry. Um, so, uh, and then one last, one last point about the lectorate. There's a little side note. The lectorate involves no obligation of celibacy or of any other kind. So... I mean, just think about that in terms of the diaconate, because the diaconate, when you become the ordinary, ordinary, one of the ordinary ministers of, you know, the liturgy of the word, um, there is an obligation to celibacy. So the virginal state is tied closely with being able to um, 
effectively minister the word of God. If there are any transitional deacons out there who are offended by this, uh, please email johnnepple at <laughs> gmail.com. Yes, that's my old email. That won't work. So okay, so um, trans, uh, you know, moving on to uh, acolytes comes from the Greek word. Akolito? I have no idea. I, I couldn't believe that uh, Joe Doman came up with this in our class. He's like, oh, it's akolutheo. And I was like, you're, you're not right. But, you know, you know, that was a nice try. He said it came from the Greek word akolutheo, which means follow, to follow. And uh, he's right. And I was embarrassed. Because oh. uh, during my day of retreat, when I was supposed to be in silence, I went to the newadvent.org just to prove him wrong. And I was, fall- I was wrong. And in Latin, it's sequins. So essentially, I've just become a follower. You are. Uh, I'm a follower. I'm a poser. Congratulations. Um, but that's true because the servers follow the priest. They, they they minister to the priest who is the minister. Right. He administers to us the sacrifice, uh, the sacrament, um, and all I'm doing is just making sure that he has everything he needs in order to confect that well. Um, so the chief offices of an acolyte are to light the candles on the altar carry them in processions, and during the solemn singing of the gospel to prepare wine and water for the sacrifice of the Mass and to assist the sacred ministers at the Mass and other public services of the Church. In the ordination of the acolyte, the bishop presents him with a candle extinguished and an empty cruet. Well, we do something a little different. We do. Uh, you get a chalice that's prepared um, with bread and wine, or, yeah, with bread and wine already on it and in it, but I'm not doing anything with it. He's just saying, like, make sure to give this over to the priest and conform your life to that action of handing over the bread and the wine to the the priest. And really, you know, as we will do as priests and you do as a priest, you hand over the bread and wine to the heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And he, through the, through the ministry he's already given to you and the power of the Holy spirit, he makes it right through you. So the, these ministries are at the service of the priestly ministry, both mm-hmm. the word of God and uh, father Peter just showed up. Come on in father Peter. Hey, we, we are recording in his basement. Sorry. Dave Hazen. Sorry. You have no personal space here. Greetings Ooh. podcasting world. Woo! Father Peter. Father Peter. He's done with his masses today. So he's relaxed. He is. Feeling it good. That's right. And speaking of which I got confessions in 20 minutes. My boss just walked in. Okay. That's it. That's it. Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com. Laters. <laughs>